Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, Certified Lymphedema Therapist and the host of Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of Lymphedema Podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each week, I discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better the journey ahead. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Today's episode of Lymphedema Podcast is brought to you by the National Lymphedema Network. Welcome back for episode 29 of Lymphedema Podcast. As I promised in episode 26 covering primary pediatric lymphedema, I'm going to discuss secondary lymphedema and PEDS. In my search for resources currently available, I found zero. Zero is not the actual number, but it's very close to true. My textbook had a few short paragraphs on secondary pediatric lymphedema, and my Google search featured multiple clinics that had the keyword secondary pediatric lymphedema. Here is a quote from one of them. In secondary lymphedema, lymph doesn't flow the way it should because a child's lymph vessels or nodes were damaged or removed. Causes may include cancer treatment, injury, or infection. The end. It didn't say the end. I just added that for dramatic effect. Why? Why is there a two-sentence explanation under secondary lymphedema for kids? Since I do not have a child, I often use my niece to imagine how I would feel if I was looking for information on a condition that she has. In my mind, I'm pissed. And in real life, I'm pissed for the families who are looking for information but a website gave them a two-sentence explanation. In my imaginary search for my niece's lymphedema, I am no more educated from that Google search than before. If she has lymphedema after cancer, I already know that. After further reading on that particular page, I do see a section on what to do if you suspect your child has lymphedema and who will treat my child for lymphedema. What I want to point out is this. In most research, you will see that primary lymphedema is less common than secondary lymphedema. The numbers, which are not pediatric specific, but are for the general population, reflect that 10% of all cases are primary lymphedema and 90% are secondary. The page I was looking at had nine examples of primary pediatric lymphedema. It is important, and I don't want anyone to mistake my rant here as if I'm saying, It's not important to list those conditions related to primary. I am saying that if primary accounts for 10% of lymphedema cases, then doesn't it make sense to also give that much information for secondary searches as well? One of my favorite graphics is the Not One Disease infographic that I was introduced to while lobbying for the Lymphedema Treatment Act. Under the explanation for secondary lymphedema, it lists cancer-related as well as non-cancer-related causes. It is so important to me that everyone hear that lymphedema in kids is not just a side effect of cancer treatment. 
It can be a side effect of cancer treatment, but it's not the only cause of secondary lymphedema in children. Okay, rant over. Let's move on to some knowledge. Let's start with what secondary lymphedema is. It's a condition or disease where there's chronic swelling occurring due to an irreversible injury to the lymphatic system. This injury can affect any portion of the lymphatic system, not just lymph nodes. Lymphatic vessels circulate the lymph fluid throughout the body, and injury to these vessels can lead to lymphedema as well. 22% of secondary lymphedema cases are non-cancer related. Again, that's general population and not pediatric specific. I'm gonna talk about five non-cancer related causes of secondary lymphedema. Because a child's body is smaller than an adult, burns tend to be more severe. So depending on the depth of the burn, as well as the intensity of the burn, a child can develop lymphedema due to these damages. A third degree burn can kill multiple layers of the skin, as well as penetrate the adipose or fatty tissue. The superficial lymphatic vessels can be found in the fatty tissue just beneath the skin's surface. In the case of a third degree burn, the damaged area is at an increased risk of developing lymphedema because of multiple factors. There's a significant injury to the skin and fatty tissue, heavy scarring, or even the frequent infections that can occur during recovery. Speaking of infections, Severe infections cause inflammation, and if the swelling permanently damages the lymphatic vessels, that acute swelling can turn into chronic swelling, which is lymphedema. Surgery is another common cause of secondary lymphedema. As I mentioned earlier, the lymphatic vessels are superficially located just beneath the skin. Multiple surgeries in the same area or one large incision creates a lot of scarring, and that scarring can lead to secondary lymphedema due to the damage to the lymphatic vessels. If you're looking at an image of the lymphatic system, you'll notice there are areas of high concentration where the lymphatic vessels bottleneck or there is a cluster of lymph nodes. Some of those areas are in the inner thigh, inner knee, medial elbow, or lower abdomen. Lymph node clusters are found in the groin and armpit as well. Surgeries in these regions have an increased risk of permanently damaging the lymphatic system. Trauma in kids that can cause secondary lymphedema includes the same traumas that cause secondary lymphedema in adults. Mostly, everything we've discussed so far falls into this category of trauma. Other examples include crush injuries, blunt force trauma to a region of the body, or something that caused poor circulation for a prolonged period of time. Another non-cancer-related cause of secondary lymphedema is paralysis that's due to a pre-existing condition or a spinal cord injury that can lead to the development of chronic swelling. Because the lymphatic system relies on the active muscle pump system to move the lymph there is often swelling in distal portions of the extremity that can then progress into the full limb swelling. Lymphedema often begins in the hands or the feet due to the effects of gravity. If or when the swelling increases, the rest of the limb begins to swell. This progression is sometimes slow and seems to creep in, 
but often it happens within a few days or weeks. The National Lymphedema Network invites you to attend their annual conference October 26th through the 28th at the Weston Boston Waterfront. This is a great opportunity to hear from leaders in the lymphedema community as they speak about topics that are relevant to you. You won't want to miss this great event. Go to www.lymphnet.org for more details. Use the promo code PODCAST when registering to receive a special discount offer. The National Lymphedema Network, empowering people with lymphedema to live life to the fullest. 68% of all secondary lymphedema cases are related to cancer treatment. So now we're going to discuss some causes of secondary pediatric lymphedema that are cancer-related. Surgery to remove tumors or cancerous tissues can often cause secondary lymphedema. Lymph node biopsy or removal even has a chance of causing lymphedema. Add chemo or radiation to that, and it's almost a sure thing. Those who undergo surgery to remove large tumors or large areas of tissue that is cancerous have a significant risk of developing lymphedema due to the trauma caused by the lymphatic structures. Chemotherapy often causes increased interstitial swelling, and that swelling can cause irreversible damage to the lymphatic system. Much like other presentations of lymphedema, the swelling is first noted in the hands or feet during treatment. Many doctors or nurses will just say, give it time, it'll go away after treatment. And for some, it does. But in the meantime, it wouldn't hurt to wear compression to decrease the damaging effects of chemo to the lymphatic system. And finally, radiation. Radiation kills cancer, but it also destroys healthy tissues surrounding the cancer. Often, lymphedema is a side effect of cancer treatment due to this effect. Once the lymphatic vessels or lymph nodes are damaged, they cannot be repaired or restored over time. For specific details on how chemo and radiation play a part of developing secondary lymphedema, listen to episode 11. To summarize what we've covered so far, I want to leave you with these five points. Primary lymphedema accounts for 10% of all lymphedema cases. Pediatric lymphedema in general is poorly studied and often your doctor knows as much about it as you do. Any trauma to the lymphatic system can cause secondary lymphedema. It does not only occur after cancer treatment. 90% of all reported cases of lymphedema are secondary. And finally, the Toronto Physiotherapy article is a great resource to learn about secondary lymphedema. After you read it, you should send a copy to your child's doctor. The article is linked on the website, lymphedemapodcast.com. Mother Teresa says, Loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about pediatric secondary lymphedema. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.